are Locked On Louisville, your daily podcast on the Louisville Cardinals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everyone? Welcome back in to another episode of the Locked On Louisville Podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Pence. As always, we want to thank you for making Locked On Louisville your first listen of the day. And just a reminder that the Locked On Louisville Podcast is free on all streaming services, Five days a week, all global, all the time. As you're aware of, there was no episode yesterday, so this is technically the second episode for the Friday edition of the show. Actually, the 50th episode of the Locked On Global Podcast. We appreciate everyone for tuning in thus far in the journey. Some bad news out of the University of Louisville men's basketball camp yesterday was announced that freshman forward Mike James tore his Achilles and will miss all of this season. I'm going to tell you why that was a big loss, but how the Cardinals will be able to manage throughout the season. And then tomorrow, the Louisville Cardinal football team will host Virginia at 3 o'clock at Cardinal Stadium. We're finishing up previewing that. We're going to talk the keys to the game, and finally, why I think Louisville will come out of this weekend victorious. But before we get into the content of today's show, for those who are not aware of who I am, my name is Dalton Pence. I'm a credential media member for Cardinal Sports Zone, where I serve as a beat writer for football and a recruiting analyst. I also do some PA announcing work for the university in sports like soccer, baseball, lacrosse, field hockey, etc. You can follow my personal Twitter at dpence underscore, and you can follow the podcast twitter page at lo underscore louisville so let's get right on into the show it was announced midday on thursday that freshman forward mike james would miss the whole 2021-22 season due to a left achilles tear definitely brutal for a team that has had issues with the injury bug over the past couple seasons but as bad of a loss as it is I think that the Louisville Cardinals will be able to manage this season and still have a very successful season. And I'm not saying that Mike James will not be missed on this year's team because he is. And we'll talk about why that is here in just a second. But I will say if there is one position on this Cardinal team that has enough depth to withstand an injury, it is at the wing position. You have guys like Dre Davis, Samuel Williamson, Matt Cross, etc. Even J.J. Trainer can slide into the wing at certain situations and, and in a handful of rotations. But one thing that I've wanted clarity on is how is Chris Mack going to play all these guys, you know, substantial minutes. You know, there's a lot of players that are seemingly deserving of, you know, some quality minutes. And especially at the wing position, sometimes it was hard for me to predict who was getting what minutes, because you have to think Sam Williamson's going to start and be one of the leaders of this team. Dre Davis had a pretty solid freshman campaign and is looking to build off that. And although I am in the camp that thinks he can play some at the two, I think his skill set is primarily based for a wing. Um, And then you have Matt Cross, who's a guy who is supposed to be one of, if not the most pure shooter on the team. So you have to question, you know, Mike James was one of those guys that, I was wondering where he fits into this rotation. And although here's here was my assessment of Mike James coming out of high school and coming into this season. I thought Mike was, you know, one of the guys that was flying under the radar for this year's Louisville team. Uh, you know, it's talked about how athletic he is, how you know solid of an on-ball defender, but what 
hasn't been talked about enough is that in his senior season down in the Sunshine State, he showed his ability to be able to knock down that deep ball and create his own offense off the dribble. And I understand sometimes that doesn't translate, but at the end of the day, that's very encouraging because you know, he reminds me a ton of former Louisville basketball player Dangadell. And no matter how you feel about the whole stepping on the baseline against Virginia, what you cannot deny was how solid of a player Adele was for the cards. Very athletic, came into the program as an automatic you know, plus-level defender, which is what I had kind of projected Mike James to be. But after talking to some people down in that area after the season and watching some of the film, it was evident that his offensive skill set and identity was a lot more advanced than I had previously thought. And I was very concerned and confused on where he was going to fit into this rotation because yeah, I, I knew that he was going to need minutes. And all the reports coming out of the, you know, the early practices was that he was really tearing it up. And let's call a spade a spade. You never want to see a player go through an injury, let alone a seizing Indy one. But you know, to top that off, an Achilles tear is one of, if not the worst, injuries in sports nowadays. You know, due to the fact that I think ACL tears, a recovery has never been quicker than it has now with all the modern medical science and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, an Achilles injury, especially for a player who is, you know, a standout athlete and whose game, you know, relies a lot on that athleticism, there's always going to be some concern. Although we've seen some players be able to come back at full strength. You know, Kevin Durant just came off of a, a great year. You know, John Wall, you know, showed for the Rockets this past season that, you know, he hasn't lost his step of athleticism. And everyone's recovery is different. But, you know, I trust the Louisville medical team, and hopefully, you know, we wish him the best, you know, quick but speedy recovery. Um, Cardination's here for you, Mike. And, um, you know, we'll be with you every step of the way. Can't wait to see you on the court. But back to how this affects the Louisville rotation. You know, this is kind of a two-sided thing because the bad thing coming into the season was it was going to be hard to find some minutes from Mike James just because, you know, I think his skill set and his work ethic and, you know, his overall talent level was going to force Chris Mack to play him. And now when you look at things, yes, you're losing a very talented player, but in the context of this rotation, you know, if a player wasn't going to play that many minutes to begin with, it is reasonable to believe that as a result, you're not going to see that much of a difference in the rotation. In fact, uh, you know, you lose a depth piece because in COVID times and you, you can never, you know, plan for injuries. You never know when you need that depth. So, I think that that's the main takeaway from this is that, you know, your wing position gets a little thinner and overall the number of players that you can throw out there and that can give you good minutes, you know, gets subtracted by one. So Mike James's loss is more so detrimental to his overall progression because now, you know, he won't be able to start progressing until year two when he's able to fully recover, and that's assuming that he can fully recover from an Achilles injury because it's just one of those tricky injuries that you know some guys lose their you know athletic step on or you know something like that. But I think that that's where you know his shot creation and his three point perimeter shooting, you know those flashes that he showed as a senior, I think that they, those are really you know looking great now. You know considering the fact that if he was to lose some of that step. He has shown that he can still become a very valuable player and have a solid career. But personally, I'm not going to, you know, play the hypothetical game 
we are going to be under the assumption we're going to speak positivity into an existence and say that he's going to have a quick and full recovery. He's going to get back to his normal self and he's going to be able to exceed that because I truly think that he's going to have a very, very successful career here at Louisville, going to be a fan favorite by the time he leaves. Yes, I am that high on his game. But overall, you never want to see any player go down with injury, especially not one who is a freshman that you know has a ton of potential and that has been tearing it up in practice. That that's it's it's a sting. It's more bad news and a continual trend of bad news. So unfortunately, the cards are going to have to move on without Mike James this season. However, I am confident in guys like Samuel Williamson to take the next step along with Dre Davis. I'm excited to see what Matt Cross is able to bring to the table as well. The season is set to start in just over a month. I'm interested to see how the rest of preseason practice goes, and we'll fill you in on any tidbits that we get on this side. Let's switch things over to the football side of things. The Louisville Cardinals will host Virginia tomorrow, 3 o'clock Eastern at Cardinal Stadium, looking to get closer to bowl eligibility. But before we do that, I want to talk to you about the best tasting protein bar out there in Built Bar, something that you need to affiliate yourself with right now. There's so many delicious flavors. Their broad spectrum of flavors is absolutely incredible, from coconut to German chocolate, from cherry barcia to cookies and cream, salted caramel to orange. I mean, they cover every type of flavor that you can have. If you haven't tried all the flavors or you simply don't know where to start, you can get a mix box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. But get this, here's the kicker. Not only are Built Bar flavors the best tasting, but they are healthy as well. They're from 17 to 18 grams of protein, possessing calories ranging from 130 to 180, 4 to 5 grams of sugar, 4 to 5 grams of net carbs, so you can order today, get that grasshopper cookie or raspberry or whatever you like. Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. Do yourself a favor, go to Built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your first order. Once again, that's the promo code LOCKED15 at Built.com. And as always, like I mentioned, I want to thank you all personally for making Locked on Louisville your first listen of the day. It is free on all streaming services. It's been a journey through these first 50 episodes and I'm glad to have you on for the ride and hopefully we'll keep you on as we go into the future. Let's talk a little football and talk about the keys to the game for the cards. I have three of them. Number one, the cards need to establish the run early on. And moving to the defensive side of things, Louisville needs to get pressure after Brennan Armstrong. And finally, but simply put, Louisville needs to take care of the little things. We'll talk about all three of those beginning right now. I mentioned in the first episode that was released earlier today that Jalen Mitchell is my first player to watch for Louisville because the Virginia Cavaliers struggle when stopping the run. If you look at the statistics, the Cavaliers are 109th in the country, giving up just under 195 rushing yards per contest that is something that Louisville needs to take advantage of they had their best rushing performance of the season getting 212 yards combined between all of the rushers against Wake Forest this is the opportunity to continue that momentum we've been talking about trying to get the running game going they finally got it going so let's continue the trend the Cavaliers struggle with stopping the run. I think that if the cards are able to establish the running game early, 
get it to where the offensive line is creating holes for Jalen Mitchell, who is churning out first downs or whichever running back that they so choose to utilize, or even Malik Cunningham getting up through the defense. Being able to establish the run opens up the play action. You know, for speedsters like Amari Huggins-Bruce, Tyler Harrell, Jordan Watkins, Shai Wirtz should be back Saturday as well. Um, but not only does it do that, but it just opens up the field in general. It forces Virginia to put guys in the box and respect the ground game. So then you are able to get guys like Marshawn Ford in potential one-on-one coverage, Justin Marshall as well. It's going to be hard for them to stay in front of guys like Amari Huggins, Bruce, etc. And then at that point, you spread the field out to where when Malik Cunningham does roll out, then he is put into the best situation for himself to succeed. It's really a trickle-down effect once you are able to establish the run and force Virginia to put guys in the box and respect your ability to run the ball against them. It just opens up the floodgates to possibility of what could happen for this offense. If Louisville is able to replicate their performance against Wake Forest on offense, I think that there's a potential they can win this game by 14 plus if they, you know, are able to achieve the next two. But here's the thing we're not recognizing. Not only does it bode well for this game against Virginia, but if we're able to get the running game going again, that consistency can lead over and spill into the following games and allow Louisville to be able to reap the benefits of keeping defenses honest to where you don't have a situation like Mississippi where they're dropping eight and you're forcing to have to try to throw into double coverage. When you can establish the run, then you open up so much in terms of possibility in the passing game. So being able to establish the run early is the first key to the game. The second key is for the defensive side of the ball, and that is getting after Brennan Armstrong. I'm not saying they have to get six sacks this game, But with a team that averages just under 400 yards passing per game, and when you have a defense that has struggled defending the pass altogether, it is going to be tough if you can't get after Brennan Armstrong and you allow him to make his reads at his own pace, go through his progressions, and deliver throws because, you know, cornerbacks can only guard wide receivers for so long before a busted coverage happens and stuff like that so being able to get after Brennan Armstrong he has been sacked 13 times in five games that's just a little you know probably about two and a half per game I'd say I'm not a math whiz but we're in that area Um, so if you're able to get after him at the very least speed him up and try to you know get him to make a decision quicker it's as simple as that you know Ashton Gelati should be good to go this game after going through a minor toe injury that kept him out of that Wake Forest game for the majority. Yasir Abdullah, look for him to have a big week. Yaya Diaby is continuing to get healthier and healthier. And um, you know, just overall, you know, this is a pass rush that I've been looking for every week to be able to step up, especially so in this game, just considering the fact that Virginia doesn't run the ball whatsoever, pretty much. They have one guy who has 143 yards. He literally leads the team through five games with that number combined throughout the first five contests. So it's very evident that this team doesn't even really focus on running the ball. Louisville is going to be tested throughout the air. And one thing that can contribute to the Cardinals' defense trying to limit what the Cavalier offense is able to do is by getting after the quarterback and forcing Brennan Armstrong to either scramble out, which he's not that great at, or, you know, force him to throw into double coverage and cause some turnovers. Because I think, you know, the Louisville offense is going to be able to handle the Virginia defense. But, you know, unless this game gets into a high 
you know, scoring shootout, you know, if you're Louisville, you want to get after and into the opposing backfield. So there's one key for each, the offense and the defense. But in terms of the overall big picture, I think that one thing that I continue to come back to when I watch a Louisville game is the fact that the team doesn't necessarily do the little things well. And what I mean is, number one, penalties. You know, whether it's holding penalties, false starts, etc. I get, here's the thing. The Wake Forest game, we let's look past that right now in terms of penalties. That is what it is. But there's been times this season where, you know, just, you know, bonehead holding penalties, um, etc. And really the, the penalty aspect is not the biggest part of the little things. I just, I think I have to bring the penalty aspect up just because, you know, it's very clear that penalties can derail drives. I mean, watch Florida against Kentucky. Go back and watch that and watch how, you know, eight false starts. And I think it was like 14 penalties altogether. I mean, that pretty much lost Florida the game in an essence. So, you know, being able to, you know, not get penalized that much will be able to help your offensive flow. But not only that, you know, being able to get the defense off the field. So, obviously, you never want to give away costly turnovers like the Josh Johnson muff punt uh, close to, you know, the end zone at the end of the first half against Wake Forest. The turnovers really haven't been that big of an issue. Third down defense is the number one thing that I kind of want to loop into this, the little thing category. And I guess you could kind of, you know, make this its own category per se, but I, I call it the little things because it's more so, you know, completing defensive drives. You know, you do great work on first and second down. So, you know, it results in a third down. And then, you know, you give up, you know, 10 out of 20 to Wake Forest who, you know, converts 50% of the time in that game. And that literally, you know, that downed you. I mean, coming into this game on Saturday, Virginia is 49%, you know, successful in terms of third down efficiency. I mean, they are 35 for 71 on the year. That is pretty much, you know, almost smack dab, you know, at 50%. So, you have to respect the fact that just because you might get them in third and long situations doesn't necessarily mean that this drive is any close to being over, especially going up a team that passes the hell out of the ball. You have to respect the fact that, you know, third down and long, albeit it's not necessarily a high percentage down to convert, this is a team that converts with the best of them. So those are the three keys to the game, in my opinion. Overall, I think that Louisville is going to come out victorious in this game. I'm going to tell you why, but I'm going to first tell you why Bet Online is something that you need to put your focus on right now. We're about halfway through the college football season, or we will be at the end of this week. And Bet Online is still your number one spot for all the pro and college football action with a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests. Bet Online continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device today to sign up and receive your 50% welcome bonus by using the promo code LOCKED ON. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 campaign. It is sincerely the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. Bet online is simply where the game starts. So the final segment of the week, as always, we're giving predictions. I think Louisville wins this game. If I had to give a score, I'd probably say it's close to about the, the 38-31 mark. I think it's going to be anywhere from a 7-10 to 10 point game. When you consider everything contextually, 
I think that at the end of the day, Louisville's offense is going to be too much to handle for the Virginia defense rather than vice versa. Virginia has struggled to not only defend the pass, but you know even more so defend the rush. I think that Louisville's offense is going to be able to get the ground game going early and continue the momentum that they had in that Wake Forest matchup, be able to get Jalen Mitchell his yards. You know, Malik Cunningham, I could definitely see, you know, a big play early on in this game. I'm not saying, you know, this is going to be a blowout by any means because Virginia is a respectable opponent despite some of their losses early on in the season. You cannot overlook them. They're a passing offense that, you know, executes their game plan extremely well, very dynamic with a bunch of solid receivers. Brendan Armstrong is one of the best quarterbacks in the ACC, so you have to respect what they have going on the offensive side of the ball. I think that Louisville is going to continue their you know weekly game plan of you know playing to their strengths and utilizing the intermediate routes and being able to dink and dunk down the field. Obviously, the big play potential hasn't been there like it has been in years past, or at least not to the um, overall volume of that potential. I know you still have guys like Tyler Harrell, who I think could have a, a very big game if that running game opens up, just considering the fact that if you have to pay a lot of attention to the you know Louisville running game, you know, one-on-one situations with Tyler Harrell might not necessarily be a recipe for success for the Virginia Cavaliers. So I think both of these teams are coming in looking for maybe not necessarily a statement win because I think a win over either team wouldn't necessarily be that notable. But what it does is it gets both teams closer to bowl eligibility depending on who comes out victorious. When you look at the remaining schedule for Louisville, this is one of the games that if you're planning on, you know, six to seven wins, this is one of the games that you should probably have Louisville winning because, you know, after Syracuse and Duke, you know, you have a tough schedule with NC State, with Clemson, with Kentucky. Boston College is a very tough opponent. So, you know, the wins have to come from somewhere if you're predicting bowl eligibility, as is the expectation for the Louisville program right now. And I think Virginia is probably one of those teams that you would almost have to circle as being you know, a possible win in that situation. Ultimately, I think that, like I mentioned, I think that Louisville is going to execute their offense. They're going to take some time off the clock, especially with being able to run the ball. It's going to be all a matter of wearing the defense down for Virginia. Uh, I, you know, I think Virginia is going to get theirs on offense. Like I mentioned, it's going to be. It would not surprise me in the slightest if both of these teams have 30 points each, respectively, in, in this game, in which Louisville comes out victorious. The spread right now is about two and a half. Obviously, if I'm predicting a Louisville win, I'm saying that the cards cover as well. On defense, however, I know we haven't talked a lot about that. Getting after the quarterback is going to be pivotal, but also limiting the big play. I know that they didn't necessarily do a great job of that against Wake Forest, but getting the defense off the field, limiting the big-time passing plays, for the most part during the season has been a, a strength of Louisville's, but it wasn't you know, that case in the Wake Forest game. But now Louisville looks to bounce back, and I think one facet of the game that needs to be evident in terms of improvement is third down defense. A problem throughout the first two years of Scott Satterfield's regime, um, Virginia is almost 50% in terms of converting on third downs. That's going to have to be a key point of focus for the cards in terms of getting Virginia off the field and just allowing your offense to work. At the end of the day, what's going to decide 
the outcome of this game. Oh, yeah, it's going to be whoever scores more points. But in a literal sense, it's going to be whichever offense can impose their will, you know, the earliest and the quickest. And, um, you know, this is a game that I could see a team going up, you know, 10 to maybe even 14 points and the other team coming back just because I think it's going to be a battle of offenses like it was last week for Louisville against Wake Forest. The key is that, you know, the cards can't go down 10 at any point and even if they do get up I think more importantly is they have to stay on the gas you know in that Wake Forest game they went up by seven had the ball got conservative with the play calling uh, ended up uh, giving it back to Wake Forest who went down and scored 10 unanswered to end the first half to um, you know eventually go up 27 to 17 and Louisville's being tasked with clawing back I don't think Virginia is obviously as good as Wake Forest considering that they lost by 20 to them. They gave up 59 points to North Carolina. So it's likely that Louisville's offense is going to have their way. It's just a matter of handling business and taking care of the little things. You know, limit the penalties. Don't turn the ball over. You know, the obvious keys to the game, the unspoken keys to the game uh, for any football team in any football game is just being disciplined on both sides of the ball and with ball security. But if Louisville is able to you know, focus on those keys that were mentioned earlier and be able to establish the run, I think that at the end of the day, this could end up being a comfortable win for the Cards who end up 4-2 and two heading into the bye week as they get healthy and focus on Boston College after the open week. So in conclusion, Cards 38, Virginia 31 is my final game day prediction. One sleep until that game against Virginia. We talked about Mike James' unfortunate Achilles tear. Then we shifted over to football, discussed the keys to the game along with the final prediction. I want to give a couple quick shout-outs before we get out of here. First to the Cardinal Sports Zone podcast. You can find that cardinalsportszone.com. You can hear the latest episode that was released last Sunday. Yes, I know that's a couple days ago. Um, you know, a lot of it is Wake Forest recap. However, there's a lot of talk about Malik Cunningham's progression. Uh, we interview former Louisville football great wide receiver Lavelle Boyd and his relationship with Malik Cunningham and what he's been able to do in terms of getting better for the Cards in his career at Louisville. I also want to give a shout-out to the Locked On ACC podcast hosted by Candace Cooper. We're not going to be in any better time to focus on getting to know our current and future opponents than by doing so with the Locked On ACC. You can follow that on the Odyssey app or wherever you like to get your podcasts. 50 episodes are now in the books. It's crazy to think of how far we've come. I want to personally thank each and every one of you for tuning in however much you tune in. For sharing the podcast, be sure to like, share, subscribe. You can do that on any streaming service that you utilize. It is definitely much appreciated. If you have some suggestions or some questions that you'd like to answer, content that you would like to have analyzed, or even have a suggestion about getting a certain guest on the show, be sure to hit my personal Twitter up at defense underscore. I accept DMs from anybody, as does the podcast Twitter page at LO underscore Louisville. But in terms of everything, that's going to wrap up this episode of the Friday, the second Friday edition of the Locked on Louisville podcast. Thank you for making this show your first listen of the day. Everyone have a great weekend, but most importantly, go Cards.